Thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting the Apple Bits XL. If you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself. ExpressVPN will secure your privacy and protect your information. Visit expressvpn.com slash AppleBits and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for hanging out. If you are new to the show, this is where we talk about all things Apple, the big news, the big stories of the week, and then kind of how it affects the greater tech world as a whole. Like I said, it's the good and the bad. We talk about it all. And for those of you who have been here from the start, maybe a year ago, a couple episodes ago. Thank you so much for coming back, supporting the show, and just being a part of this community. And when I talk about community, there is one way to be on this show. It adds so much texture and flavor. Record a voice memo. Send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And then your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your comments, your criticisms, your corrections. We take it all, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's how you can be a part of it. Also, thanks to all of you who support the show. It's brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the way to support all my content. I am so grateful for this. And what you get benefits, it starts at $2 per month, maybe goes up to $5, which is about a cup of coffee per month, 10, the 25 and the $100 platinum Apple level. It supports the show. You get early access to my content, not only just the podcast, but early access to my videos when I can. I just put one out a little earlier yesterday then you also get benefits at each level and finally a completely ad free version of the podcast you hear no ads whatsoever that's how you do it patreon.com slash brian tong is how you support all my content and more okay let's get to the show and you know again we kind of talk about this lull or we're kind of waiting for something to drop and i do really feel that there might be a little bit of uh i guess waiting fatigue or just waiting for actual news to happen and we have some stories about ipads yes air tags as well and uh apple also doing some things with find my that kind of surprises but let's start off with the latest leaks now sunny dixon he's a reputable apple leaker he actually early on has been able to get kind of these dummy models of iphones of ipads in the past and what these dummy models are used for they are reference designs for case manufacturers to get their cases out before Apple releases these uh, form factors and phones publicly because over in China, the supply chain, everyone is connected to everybody. And so these companies basically pay to get access to these CAD designs and schematics so that they can make cases for their products. I used to work for a case company years ago. I won't say the name of that case company, but they did the same thing. And at the time when there was really little to no information, It was a gamble, and the gamble typically paid off if you were connected with the right source. So Sonny Dixon has always kind of put these out, and he just, a day ago or so, released the first leaks of the dummy models for the iPad Pro 12.9-inch, the iPad Pro 11-inch, and the iPad Mini 6, so that new iPad Mini that we've been hearing about and talking about. The thing about these leaks is that these models and form factors look exactly the same as what you'd expect. There was a lot of people hoping that maybe this year we'd see an iPad mini that finally takes on the life 
and the design of the iPad Pro design language with the thin bezel, face ID, super slick modern design that looks like will be adopted into the future iMac design also kind of pulls derivatives from the Pro Display XDR so and and quite honestly the iPhone except for the notch so we have this overall language that is across the board consistent well the iPad mini looks to still be the same form factor with a home button that has touch ID it looks to have that same big top and bottom bezels based on these leaks that Sonny Dixon put out now the other thing that is really kind of hard to tell is there's been plenty of rumors that the new iPad mini six from multiple sources would have somewhere between around an eight and a half to nine inch display. Um, Japanese blog site, Mako Takara said 8.4. Ming-Chi Kuo said 8.5 to nine inches. Mark Garmin said the same, either way, a larger display. These images, we can't really tell how much bigger that display is because currently the iPad mini has a seven point nine inch display so even if it was let's say like eight and because it's angled you you can't you can't really tell so i look at all this stuff and of course cosmetically the ipad pros look exactly the same the ipad minis look exactly the same now we know spec wise what we expect to see new processors more speed and then the reported mini led display on the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, but not on the 11. And so from a pure cosmetic and hardware standpoint, these models really pretty much look, will look, and arguably feel the same unless there's something really significant that happens with software. Now, my latest video, I talked about these leaks, but the question that I pose to people and the question that I pose to you all is, as an owner of the 2018 iPad Pro, as an owner who did not upgrade to the 2020 iPad Pro, I'm in a spot right now when I see these things, even knowing that a mini LED display is coming, I don't feel super compelled to upgrade from a 2018 iPad Pro to this new 2021 iPad Pro. Now, of course, I'm going to get the iPad Pro to review it and see how significant the differences are. As a tech fan, as someone who's in the ecosystem, there's only been a couple devices that I've waited out two upgrades for. One of them was the Apple Watch Series 4, skip the Series 5, skip the Series 6, hoping we'll see something with the Series 7. That's compelling enough. Don't feel like I missed anything. From an iPad 2018, skip the 2020. You know, the tech fan of me is like, oh, I'm going to get it because there's a new display. But what if that new display looks good? but really doesn't make that much difference in the experience. I think most people are not going to be compelled, the general consumer, not the tech consumer, which is us, most of us here, but the general consumer isn't going to say, hey, I I need to get that mini LED display because the display is already really good. And yes, it has not supported HDR um, since the iPad Pro second generation. But even at that, supporting HDR content, which will pop, the blacks will be blacker. I, I don't know if it's enough to for most people to say, I got to get an iPad Pro. So my question that I pose is, did Apple make the 2018 iPad Pro too good? I know it sounds kind of silly and stupid to say that, but with the user experience, the processing power that I've talked about for a while, we have not even scratched the surface of using it to its full potential. 
Apple's not giving us pro apps to take advantage of that potential. The form factor with the 2018 iPad Pro is on par with the most current design, so you're not missing anything there. The camera functionality on the iPad Pro, for me, makes no difference whatsoever because I don't take pictures with my iPad Pro. And most people, there are some that do, but most people that don't, I mean, the whole idea of your the best camera you have is the one available, that's fine. Like I'm not going to hate on anyone for taking photos with their iPad Pros. But that that feature in itself doesn't is not going to make me upgrade again. So the only way that Apple can really make me or almost force me into a decision to upgrade as a 2018 iPad Pro user is going to be the screen is so ridiculous that I can't refuse it. And I'm, I actually think the screen will be nice, but not mind-blowing nice. The other thing is that if they do something where they say, hey, these features, these software features are only available on the new iPad Pro 2021 edition, which is using the new A14X chip. And we've heard that it's going to be on par with basically the M1 chips in the current crop of MacBook Pro 13-inch, MacBook Air, and Mac Mini. Unless they say this, we can quote-unquote only run this on the A14X iPad Pro. That might get me to upgrade because of that. And this is not something that they that would be unique. Uh, Apple's done this for plenty of years before with the iPhone models when certain iPhones could support Siri and certain ones could not. They, they took a cutoff and basically said, if you don't have this model and higher, you won't be able to use the software feature when clearly it was powerful enough to use the feature. They haven't done this in a while, but I mean, it's going to take something like that or for them to say Final Cut Pro or uh, not that I use Logic, but maybe these specific apps are only usable with an A14X iPad Pro. And that would seem just not smart for them to do and counterintuitive for them opening up this platform for everyone because Adobe Photoshop right now works on iPads current and past. Uh, They just released, I believe, is it the beta or the official uh, like Adobe Illustrator? Oh, actually, sorry, that's that's on the M1. But Adobe Photoshop and Adobe Suite as they're slowly kind of bringing it over and converting it over to the iPad is not limited by, you know, at least iPads from the past three or four years, from what I recall. LiDAR sensor, scanner, doesn't matter. Camera improvements don't really matter. Speed, quite honestly, doesn't really matter because we're still not taking full advantage of it. So what is it for you, whether you're in the market for an iPad Pro or not? To me, yeah, you might have an older form factor that's feeling slow from literally three, four, five, six years ago, and that might be the audience that is looking to upgrade. But if you currently have an iPad Pro from 2018 or 2020, there's not much that tells me that I need to upgrade to this. So I'm curious, do you think, do you agree with this statement or not that Apple made the 2018 iPad Pro too good? And I don't blame them. Like you want a company to give you all the latest and greatest tech that is available at that moment in time into that device. But the nature of the iPad Pro, how we use it, what we're surfing the web, we're emailing, we're watching YouTube videos, we're playing some games on it. That experience doesn't change if we get whether we get a new processor or not. It's what else can it do? We we expect to maybe see a new Magic Keyboard. John Prosser, who came on the show a few weeks ago, said that 
you know, a new potentially thicker Magic Keyboard might be coming with this. What new features are they going to give us with the Magic Keyboard? I don't use the Magic Keyboard that often. I took it on a business trip. I thought it was amazing, but I haven't gone on a business trip since then. So even if you give me more Magic Keyboard features, it's not a requirement for me to use the iPad in the primary way that I use my iPad. So it could be nice. It's a nice add-on, but that's still not a compelling reason to say, I got to get the new iPad Pro. So it's interesting. I, I'll i see, I'm, I'm excited. You know, reports say that we're expecting to see new iPad Pro in the next few weeks or so, or at least they're ready. But someone even told me last week, hey, uh, Apple's going to drop an announcement this week. Get ready. I didn't broadcast it or put the idea even out there because we've seen so many uh, reports or rumors about Apple dropping an event this week or not from March now through uh, April, nothing's happened. And my inkling is maybe maybe they don't even do an April event and maybe they're just waiting out till June. That would surprise me. And maybe by the time you hear this, we will get another product drop. But we didn't this week, we didn't last week, and we didn't on March 23rd. So still a lot up in the air. The other thing that might be delaying this process is that according to a report from Nikkei Asia, Apple is facing a global shortage of certain components for some of its MacBook and iPad models. This is actually causing uh, Cupertino, the headquarters, and its suppliers to postpone some of the production of these products, specifically the MacBook and iPad models. Now, the MacBook production is being hindered because of a shortage of certain chips that are mounted onto their circuit board before the final assembly. So that's a key step in the production. The iPad production is being held back because it's display and display component shortages as well. Now, Apple's also postponed some component orders for those two devices to the second half of the year. So the MacBook and iPad production has been impacted directly. We we don't know for sure if this is actually specifically impacting the new models that have been reported. So we'll see how that plays out. And that could play be a factor in why we haven't seen anything even in April yet or March yet. The other thing to note is that iPhone production so far has not been affected by these chip and component shortages just yet. So Again, I think the timetable of when we'll see these new iPad Pros is completely up in the air because let's say they've made uh, X amount of units. They want to hit at least a certain threshold before they even announce the product so that they have enough inventory to supply that. They don't want it to be something... The iPad is not something like the AirPods Max that who knows how many they had on launch, but we know they didn't have that many. And at the same time, we know that They weren't going to sell gangbuster amounts like they would something like an iPhone or AirPods or things like that. The price point and the product that it is isn't conditioned for that. But either way, there are delays that are affecting the manufacturing of some of Apple's products. And maybe the new iPads are one of those that are being affected. So again, I love to hear it. AppleBitShow at gmail.com. Send me your voicemail. Did Apple make the iPad Pro 2018 model too good. I want to know if you're looking to upgrade, if you don't feel like you need to upgrade for a while, where are you at with this process? And if you are upgrading, what iPad do you have before? Because I think that we all have different conditions and situations, or maybe you don't even have one. I shouldn't even assume that. And you might be looking to get a new iPod, iPad. I'm going to tell you right now, if you were looking to get a new iPad Pro, specifically an iPad Pro today, 
I would actually push you to somehow, some way, if you could find a, a new 2018 iPad Pro and save literally three to 400 bucks, I'd say get that one. I would say get that model. And at the same time, the iPad Air, that is absolutely the iPad that everyone should consider when they first think about an iPad. The iPad Air is unbelievable. And the what it can do at that price and that form factor, that's a killer. And you know, still don't even need that. You could get a you could get by with a lot of different iPads from previous years. All right, so the other big news, this is actually official news from Apple that actually shook shook me, not shook me, but surprised me is that Apple officially announced on their website earlier this week the launch of its Find My Network Accessory program. So this is going to allow third-party companies that have accessories to actually now be tracked in the Find My app alongside of Apple devices. Now, if you look on your phone or your iOS, iPadOS devices, the Find My app just added a new tab called Items. And you can actually look at it right now. You have to have iOS 14.3 or later. And this new Items tab is specifically for third-party items. Now, remember... Apple has not revealed or announced or released their AirTags. So preemptively, they're announcing that the Find My app will now work with third-party accessories that can be tracked right alongside current Apple devices when you use Find My for like your watch, your phones, your iPads, your computers. Now there's a tab for third-party stuff. Now, there are three products that work with it right out of the gates. The first one is Belkin. Belkin has new earbuds. They're called the Soundform wireless earbuds. They're kind of competing in that uh, AirPods space, not AirPods Pro, but AirPods space, completely wireless. So they have Bluetooth location tracking in them. The other product is from Van Moof. They sell e-bikes. So it's their S3 and E3 electric bikes, even on the actual, like under the support bar of one of the bikes of the bikes, it says like, it basically says it's supported by the Find My platform. And then the third item is from a company named Chipolo or Chipolo, C-H-I-P-O-L-O. They have their own item tracker, item tracker just like Tile. So those are the three products that are supported by this new Find My network accessory program. Tile is not one of the partners yet, but I do find it interesting that A, they open this up before announcing their AirTags and to me, and immediately, my brain immediately goes to, okay, why do they do this? Well, this is kind of their way, their their way of showing the courts that they play nice with others. Because if you don't remember, Apple's facing a lot of antitrust lawsuits and anti-competitive behavior here in the U.S. and overseas in the EU, where companies are claiming that Apple's practices are anti-competitive. I have never seen them open up a platform that was specific to them and then allow partners to be a part of it before announcing a product for them. So they would be, what's a similar one? So for example, Siri, remember Apple just kind of kept it very insulated with their own stuff. And way later, like four or five years ago, they're like, okay, we'll we'll open it up to third-party companies to get access to our Siri API. This is letting companies get access to their Find My platform before Apple even has any AirTags for it, before they even really have a product for it. The other thing in this report um, or this official announcement from Apple is that they will be supporting companies to get access that use ultra wideband to communicate directly with Apple's U1 chip. 
So future ultra-wideband tracking devices will also be compatible with the Find My platform and be able to talk to Apple devices with U1 chips. Allows it to be a lot more specific and precise in where these things are located. So Find My has been completely opened and I think it's great for third-party companies, but really it's more for Apple to also not get themselves in trouble with anti-competitive behavior. And again, Tile is not one of the supported products at this moment. And clearly AirTags are inspired by Tile and Tracker and others. So I did find it interesting that Chipolo or Chipolo, I don't know if that's how they say it, but they really should say that. That's what how they should say the name of their company. Chipolo is basically like, or Chipolo is basically a tile tracker. So it's like Apple saying, oh, we have this other competitor here that also does uh, tracker tags that we are welcoming with open arms. So tile, we welcome you with open arms. They're trying to squash this. So it's still unclear if and when AirTags will be announced but Apple officially announced that their Find My network accessory program will be open. It's open currently for Bluetooth devices and partners. Belkin, Chipolo, and Van Moof are on board right now. U1 compatibility later this spring. So that, that, that was kind of the surprise announcement for this week. Also, if you're curious about uh, who else is doing this, the smart tag trackers, just coincidentally, in the same week, Samsung announced that their own Smart Tag Plus, that's their ultra wideband tag, will beat Apple's AirTags to market, launching April 16th for the price of $39.99. Now, I was like, oh, maybe Samsung can make their tags compatible on Apple's Find My Network that they just opened up, but Samsung is not going to do that. They have their own Galaxy Find Network, and so they will. you will not be able to use Samsung Smart Tag Plus on Apple devices. It's specific to Samsung, but I thought, honestly, I mean, it probably costs the money to invest in the resources for that, but why not? Why not just do it? But we did hear reports earlier that Apple's AirTags were roughly around the size of a 50 cent piece, a half dollar piece, and would be retailing for $39 based on rumored leaks. So Samsung's Galaxy Smart Tag Plus $39.99 coming out April 16th is on par with uh, pricing-wise for Apple's. And then we always see betas continue to be released here, but some fun stuff for all you Apple TV fans out there. The upcoming Apple TV could support a 120 hertz refresh rate according to tvOS's 14.5 beta code. And this is new, right? Everyone's like, what is it going to take for me to get a new Apple TV? We know that we expect to see a new processor in the Apple TV. We've heard that there may be potentially a new remote for the new next-gen Apple TV whenever it's ready to roll sometime this year. Also, potential Find My ability with a U1 chip for the remote if you lose it like me. Some people like really criticize me and say, how do you lose it so much? Like I don't have that problem at all. Well, I do. So Apple TV could potentially support 120 hertz refresh rate. This was found in the code with met, with references, uh, it was found by 9to5Mac, multiple references of 120 hertz and supports 120 hertz. Here's the advantage of that. Okay, first of all, yes, A, you'll be able to see it in the user interface when you're navigating menus. Ooh. The other biggest benefit would be gaming 
on an Apple TV. Now, we had heard reports that Apple was potentially working on some sort of Apple TV that had more console-like graphics and functionality. This is, again, a rumored report that there might be a more gaming-friendly, centric Apple TV. Now, that would make sense to do 120 hertz, but then the other part of this equation is that you have to have a TV, which is pretty much purchased within the last two or three years, if my math is right, that supports 120 hertz refresh rate natively. So that's going to be part of it. Or you are someone who somehow uses your Apple TV on a monitor that has higher than a 120 hertz refresh rate. I know plenty of people that plug in their consoles uh, into directly into like a PC monitor. So that would be the other type of person who could use that. I don't know a single person plugging in an Apple TV into a PC monitor. If you are that person, I want to hear from you. We don't know when the Apple TV will be releasing. It's still expected sometime this year as well. But 120 hertz is the first time that we've seen or heard references to it to be a potential feature for the Apple TV this year in 2021. All right, everybody, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor for the podcast. It's ExpressVPN. Now, a few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that private. But what has changed? We all know it's the Internet. And think about everything you've browsed, you searched for, you watched or tweeted. Now imagine that all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record is your record, right? Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something that only celebrities worried about, but in an era where everyone is online, everything is online, really, everyone is now a public figure. You got to keep your data private. And when I go online, I've used ExpressVPN. Now, did you know that there are hundreds of data brokers out there and their sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part here is that they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or even get your consent. Now, one of these data points is your IP address. So data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and then my IP address is masked. So every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given this random IP address that's shared by other ExpressVPN customers. So that makes it more difficult for these third parties to identify me and harvest my data. ExpressVPN is a simple, straightforward app. It's just one click on the app and then you are protected. It can't get any easier to use and I don't have to think about what it's doing to protect me. I just literally hit the switch and it's just doing it. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market, visit expressvpn.com slash applebits and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash applebits. Go to expressvpn.com slash applebits to learn more. All right, we had some uh, fun juice, I guess. Tim Cook sat down with Kara Swisher to talk about Apple. This is on the Sway podcast. It's actually just been released, but this is uh, a podcast through the New York Times. So Kara Swisher, obviously a longtime tech journalist, sat down with Tim Cook. And there were some fun nuggets that came out. Of course, he's not going to show all of his cards in his hand. But one of the things that people are kind of talking about, this just happened a couple days ago, is that Tim Cook was asked if he'll be at Apple 10 years from now. And Tim Cook said, probably not. But he did say here, uh, but I, and I'll take what he said directly to Kara Swisher. 
10 more years? Probably not, but I can tell you that I feel great right now and the date is not in sight, but 10 more years is a long time and probably not 10 more years. So if you think about it, right, that's not that surprising. Would would you imagine Tim Cook being there for 10 more years? Because they've been grooming a lot of people. Um, Jeff Williams, who's kind of come up, started with, uh, I believe, the Apple Watch program and has kind of elevated his status. You have uh, John Turnus, who is the kind of the face now of hardware engineering at Apple, who's the main guy that you see talking about the new M1 chip and has really ushered in the future of the Mac. Everyone's thinking, oh, Craig Federighi, like they have internally more than enough capable people that can kind of carry on the torch. And we've seen, I think, look, if anyone, and I've said this plenty of times, Tim Cook did better than anyone else could have after the Steve Jobs era. Apple is more profitable than they have ever been. Investors are happy. Yeah, you know, it took some time for him to find his groove. I mean, I really felt like from the iPhone 6, 6S, 7, 7S, there was really this huge, like it felt like nothing was really happening. You had a downturn in the Mac, which was the trash can, which you didn't really see much innovation as well. But now really the past two years, you you kind of feel like Apple has hit its stride. The Apple Watch has become the Apple Watch and it took a few years for them to figure that out. Uh, You have the iPad Pro out there. Obviously, the Mac is now completely different and they've they've gone back to some of those things that may, you know made the Mac great. You have they read to the keyboard. We're hearing about them potentially getting with the touch bar, potentially bringing back an SD card. Like listening to those core users now that felt like maybe they weren't being listened to in the past. Apple has evolved. Tim Cook has now kind of found his place with his expertise in the supply chain and creating multiple products at these different price points for a product family that has just allowed Apple to explode from a profit standpoint. So Tim Cook has done an amazing job, whether people are like, oh, he's not, look, no one has the brain of Steve Jobs, but Tim Cook did it as well as anyone else could. And everyone's going to have bumps in the row, roads. SJ had his own bumps as well. So I don't know what you guys and gals think about this. Tim Cook not being there in 10 years, I say, why not? He's done so much. He should live his life. Another thing that was kind of proposed and asked about here, which is kind of fun, is Tim Cook was asked specifically about Facebook. And we know that Apple's change in how they're going to deal with transparency for advertisers may affect Facebook's business. So in this interview, right, not only did he talk about probably not going to be there in 10 years, and he'd be uh, somewhere around 70 years old by then, the question was like, okay, how, how will your privacy changes affect Facebook? Tim Cook said, I'm not focused on Facebook, so I don't know. He was straight savage. <laughs> I'm not focused on Facebook. Those are his first five words. And he's true, right? Facebook is a social media company. They aren't even the same business, but he don't care. And I thought that was that was interesting because he's just looking. He's Apple's doing their own thing. They got their blinders on. Sometimes people forget that a lot of these companies, they are aware of what other companies are doing, but they've got to focus on their own thing. Tim Cook followed up and said, 
oh, I think that we compete in some things, but no, if I'm asked about who our biggest competitors are, they would not be listed. So, hey, truth hurts, Facebook. I mean, they are totally, hey, the only space that they might be competing in is Facebook has their portal camera, and there were reports that Apple might be working on a HomePod with a video camera screen. That That's where it overlaps. He was obviously asked about other products like uh, their Apple Car, Apple AR headsets, but Tim Cook's not going to reveal anything. He just says that, hey, we work on a lot of verticals. We tried a lot of different things, and not everything sees the light of day. And so that's that. And, and then next week, Apple AR glasses come out. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm kidding. That's not true. Maybe it's true. I don't know. One thing's true. Uh, everyone has kind of been talking about, okay, Apple's iPhone 12 mini isn't their most successful iPhone? Well, according to the market data collected by CounterPoint Research, Apple's smallest iPhone since the 2016 iPhone SE, right? This is the iPhone 12 mini, did not obtain a spot in the top five list of best-selling smartphones in January of this year. So we're gonna go down the list, the top five phones, best-selling, okay? This is not shipments, but selling. Number one, iPhone 12. Number two, and this is a 6% of the market. Number two, iPhone 12 Pro Max, 5%. Number three, iPhone 12 Pro at 4%. Number four, iPhone 11 at 2%. Number five, the Redmi 9A at 2%. Number six, the Redmi 9 at 1%. Number seven, the Samsung Galaxy A. 21s at 1%. And number eight, the Apple iPhone 12 mini. Uh, You go down to number 10, you got the Apple iPhone SE, the 2020 version. Now, this is only for January of 2021. And this is not the end of the world because, look, uh, based on the Apple users and percentage of what it makes up for its phone, Apple still probably sold a bunch, but when you look at its rankings being, you know, part of its current phone lineup, you would have maybe thought it would have at least bumped up a little bit. And I still think there's still a place for the iPhone 12. I honestly think that because we haven't been going out as much, the the battery life of the iPhone 12 has been more favorable for most people because I know that using my 12 Pro, I'm not using it nearly as much because we're still for the most part staying home in the pandemic. But once my activity amps up when I'm out and on the go, I know I'm going to feel the battery crunch. And the biggest thing that people tend to feel from the 12 mini from testing is battery crunch. And they aren't out every day all the time. And so that might be an issue that becomes more prevalent as we kind of strive to get back to more of a sense of normalcy. But it is a little surprising that it is the eighth ranked phone. You would have hoped it would be a little bit higher, but at the same time, eh. And Apple's still committed to this smaller iPhone 12 mini form factor. That's not going to change. So I don't think people should worry about it. But maybe we'll see. Maybe we don't see it after these two years. The other thing about iPhones and Apple, and we talked about Apple and Facebook earlier. According to Adweek, they expect, based on a survey that they took um, with Apple's app tracking transparency feature, as many as 68% of iPhone users are expected to deny advertisers permission to track them. 
Now we don't we haven't seen the actual results yet. We're we're kind of trying to put the pieces together to see how when when these warnings come up, how many people are going to opt in or opt out. But 68% of iPhone users that that is really telling me that the advertising agencies are going to take an extremely big hit and like many businesses will have to adopt and change how they do advertising, but it just won't be nearly as targeted as it used to be because they're not going to have nearly as much specific data for us. And quite honestly, I'm okay with that. Uh, There are certain apps that are asking too much of us. I'm definitely, I can't, I'm definitely going to flip that switch when I see it, when, uh, if, if it gives me that warning on Facebook, I guess I haven't. And I use Facebook less and less, but there are certain apps that I'm just like, I don't even trust you guys with my data. So we'll see how this plays out because, you know, one of my friends who works in the advertising business said, look, it's going to be a lot more harder for us to target the right customers and we're going to have to be spending more money and kind of doing more of blanket advertising that isn't specific to users because we don't, we won't know the demographics and specifics of these people as much anymore. And so it, it's more, it's more of a shot in the dark than it used to before. To that, I say, oh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> As a consumer, it doesn't bother me. Counterfeit AirPods 3 hit the market prior to their official announcement. We know that we're expected to see AirPods third generation sometime in the second half of this year, maybe the third quarter of this year. Uh, we will see. It'll They'll kind of look like the AirPods Pros, but lack pro features like noise canceling. So online dummy models or not even dummy models these are actual functioning counterfeit versions have been revealed and it's like samsung beat apple to air tags and yeah this is not a surprise we've seen dummy iphones before but now we're getting counterfeit airpods and it it kind of reminds me of not only how powerful a brand is because you only get that to happen when people are like oh i gotta have these it's like a status symbol it reminds you of you know, fancy handbags that the ladies wear, like that the ladies rock, the the fake Louis Vuittons, the fake Chanel bags. Now now for for tech fans, it's it's the fake AirPods. They're out there. Don't if you see AirPods 3, don't buy them. Okay. A couple of new quick stories. Apple TV Plus, their service, they're trying to draw subscribers in. This is according to a report from the information. And they're really trying to focus on feature films to bring people in now we recently seen palmer that's the justin timberlake movie we got uh cherry which has tom holland in it those movies haven't drawn me in in fact i haven't even watched any of those movies um that has not gotten me to watch more apple tv plus you know what got me to watch more apple tv plus ted lasso that show is bomb so Apple's been telling studio executives that it's aiming to do more than 10 to 12 original movies per year for Apple TV Plus to hopefully help them compete better with Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and HBO Max. My goodness, uh, I don't know if you have looked at the calendar of content for Disney Plus just this summer. It's uh, pretty freaking ridiculous. We got Falcon Winter Soldier wrapping up. Then we got the Loki series coming like three weeks after that. We've got like Cruella the movie. Oh yeah, Black Widow will be available on the service. Um, the What If Marvel series. They're coming in hot. 
oh, what's the Star Wars, the bad bunch based on some of the assassins or bounty hunters. Come on. It's hard not to just for me to be like, I'm going to be subscribed to Disney Plus for the rest of my life. <laughs> they, they got me and their content is premium. So I know Apple TV doesn't have those franchises, but I still haven't been lured to check out those films yet. I just haven't. And finally, if you can't beat them, it's not join them. I think the, the motto here is if you can't beat them, let them try your phone on their phone. So Samsung has a new interactive website experience. Um, it's kind of affectionately being called the iTest, like, like as an iPhone, like iTest. And it lets iPhone users test out Android on a Galaxy device through like a mobile website. So you can experience what the Samsung experience is like on an iPhone from iTest. <laughs> you'll get simulated phone calls to tell you about the Galaxy features. Uh, you'll get a series of messages. There's a camera tutorial. Let's be honest, the S21 Ultra camera is bomb. The features on that destroy feature-wise what we got on the iPhone. And the image quality, or the that, that depends on your preference, but uh, it's the functionality of that camera is ridiculous. But anyways, if you guys and gals want to check it out, just search up iTest and play around with it. Maybe you might like it. Most of you listening will probably be sticking with the phone you have, but, but it's, it's an option. It's an option. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's show. Again, we don't have boatloads of new fresh stuff, but we got, we got a few fresh things coming in. First of all, thank you so much to our Patreon supporters at the $100 level, the Platinum Apple level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for all of your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. And we will be back. Same bat time, same bat channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Take care and be safe. Peace. Peace.